0: you know, I I like setting myself kind of goals and challenges. Um, And and I'll tell you one thing, even if I drank to moderation regularly, I wouldn't be able to do half the things that I kind of really want to do.
1: Hi, everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes, and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Next up, I welcome former Maiden Chelsea star, Spencer Matthews. Spencer rose to fame at a young age and quickly became known as the love or hate bad boy with a penchant for partying. However, since meeting his wife, Vogue Williams, in 2017, Spencer has swapped his love of hedonism for health, turning to sobriety and quickly becoming a passionate advocate of mindful drinking. He has since created his own hugely successful non-alcoholic spirit brand, CleanCo and has recently submitted a white paper to the government in a bid to reset the nation's relationship with alcohol as it emerges from lockdown. Within this episode, we explore Spencer's own personal road to sobriety, discussing how giving up drinking has improved not only his health, but his relationships, professional life and creativity too. I hope you enjoy. Spencer, Matthews, thank you so much for joining me on the day's podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on.
0: It's a great pleasure to, to be with you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: First of all, I just would love to kick off by understanding a little bit, a bit more about the Clean Co um, and the reasons why you set that up.
0: Sure. I mean, Clean Co, uh, in its very essence, was, was, I suppose, set up because I drastically changed my relationship with alcohol. So I went completely teetotal um, for a time about three years ago now, actually. And, and in doing so... Um, I didn't necessarily, you know, my life obviously changed, but the, the, the moments where you would ordinarily drink alcohol obviously still exist. So, so you'd still go to dinners and, you know, your, your, your social life wouldn't suffer as such, just because you're sober, apart from the fact that you would be left with, uh, nothing to drink. And as such, you'd be, you'd be, you'd feel like you were compromising. So when you were at a bar or at somebody's you know house, you'd be having a Diet Coke instead of a glass of wine and you're kind of sticking out negatively for trying to do a positive thing. Um, and I suppose I was just really interested in, in trying to ride the the, the the kind of alcohol-free beer wave and turn it into spirits. You know, if that exists and it's doing so well and it's growing at such a rate, then, then why doesn't alcohol-free gin and rum and whiskey and, and vodka exist? You know, presumably, uh, you know, so some companies existed very early on that, that were, know distilled spirits that that didn't uh exactly replicate the kind of flavors of of their of their counterpart alcoholic spirits and and i thought to myself well what an interesting opportunity it might be to try and create an alcohol-free gin so i became um just completely kind of consumed with the idea of trying to be able to make something that tastes exactly like alcohol that, that isn't alcohol and and of course now we we have we have five SKUs and we've done limited and we're launching into 44 states in America and, and it's grown really quickly because in my opinion we do a very good job of bridging the gap between the desire and the compromise uh sort of like a kind of beyond meat but for alcohol
1: yeah and it's a real burgeoning industry isn't it because you you're probably inspired by success stories of, of other brands doing kind of similar things and and also just the, the millennials and the gen z's as well they're just not kind of seeing drinking in the same light as their older counterparts it's not like a fashionable thing to do anymore you like the hangover itself is something that you know gets in the way of our workouts of our productivity which is something yeah. i'd love to talk about because at dose the the d stands for dopamine and it's something we always associate with kind of motivation and, and drive towards our goals and hangovers can get in the way of that can't it, it can get in the way of our business performance of, of our productivity so i'd love for you yeah. to talk a little bit about as a businessman as an, an entrepreneur yourself like how drinking less has been benefited you, your brain health.
0: Absolutely, I'd love to talk to you about that. But also, you know, I've, d- I've dwelled on this, why is it that, that Gen Z and, and Gen uh, X, you know, drink less, you know, now than, than we did. And in my opinion, it's, it's not because, you know, they, they've, they've woken up and they're ahead of the curb on these things, it's because, in my opinion, that there's, there's a lot more is documented now. So social media plays a massive part in that. You know, I, I don't think it's cool to, it, it's less glamorous nowadays to be publicly inebriated, I suppose, than it would have been before everyone knew that you were public inebriated. You know, during the day, as an example. So back when we used to day drink, we go drinking with clients and stuff. If that was the case now, um, potentially hundreds, if not thousands, or hundreds of thousands of people see it. You know, so so you're you're not really uh, you don't you don't have anywhere to hide nowadays. Not that drinking should be you know you should hide drinking from people, I suppose, but nowadays th- there's Putting your best foot forward is what the younger generation are more interested in showcasing and and being drunk very rarely plays a part in that is is my view um, but from my own personal experience i mean you know i've said before that it's like driving a, a fast car with the handbrake off um, you know when i when i w- went sober um uh, i became a completely difference person, like my kind of character and personality didn't so much change. But things that never mattered to me, mattered to me. And productivity and creativity became available in spades. And I developed this work ethic that I'd almost made fun of before. You know, my my, my brother and my dad are incredibly hardworking, always have been. And I was the the kind of odd one out, I suppose, who had this unproductive streak in them. but felt comfort because, you know, I was on TV and, you know, things would just naturally kind of float, float my way from time to time. And actually you realize that when you take your own responsibility into your own hands um, and, you know, in my case in particular, address uh, the regularity of of the, of the alcohol consumption, your your life can just change completely. Like the things you're able to achieve in a short space of time would have taken months for me Mm. uh, before and, you know, so I, I don't know, I, I will always choose um, a, a life of, of kind of sobriety, not necessarily total abstinence, by the way. I think the main message for me is moderation is, is incredibly key. Drinking to excess um, is never really a good idea. I mean, look, we can all call it fun, you know, to, to, to get hammered from time to time. But is it really, you know, like, like do, when have you ever woken up saying you wish you drank more alcohol the night before? I think getting a balance you know, in life is, is really important in, in, in all sorts of things, right? Balance is key. Um, not depriving yourself of things that you want is, is also key. I think it's, it's, it's unhelpful to constantly be depriving yourself of things that you want. You know, that's not to say that if you sign up to some, you know, race at the end of the year, it isn't good to, to discipline yourself, to train towards something. But I think if you, if you're someone who enjoys a drink and you've gone, right, I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life it's a really big ask and i think it's it's probably better to have a positive and good relationship with alcohol rather than to cut it out completely and i'm not talking for people who have dependency issues obviously you know i think you always put your health first
1: of course. And and it is a reward, right? Like just how meat used to be a reward at the end of a week, you know, the Sunday roast. It's not something that we would eat necessarily every day in the past. Same with alcohol, like a glass of wine might be that reward you give yourself after, you know, achieving your goals at work. But at the same time, there is this myth, isn't there, about kind of wine or alcohol making you more creative?
0: I'm obviously not a scientist, but I know from kind of personal experience that, yeah, you know, that one drink might make you feel More confident, looser, perhaps more creative, as you said, you know, it might give you that wind in your sails, but, you know, two, three, four, five definitely won't, you know, and I think that's the issue. The, The, you know, some people, it's very easy nowadays, especially in a society that, that is quite used to glorifying alcohol consumption. It's quite, it's quite easy to just to drift into, you know, a, th- a three, four hour long drinking session one evening when you intended to go out for a drink. And no one's suggesting, by the way, that people shouldn't do that. I think it's very important to, to have your own relationship with alcohol. But I guess I'm talking primarily to people who uh, maybe want to make some kind of change in their life or maybe feel held back by their relationship with alcohol um you know if you if you look at the the nhs 14 units of alcohol apparently per week means that you're drinking to excess you know i think that's a very outdated statement to to have and you know I, i certainly know people who can consume 14 units of alcohol in an hour and then, and then be completely normal and fully functioning. So how does that apply to somebody who has a glass of wine and wakes up hungover? You know, people are different body shapes, sizes, weight, gender, you know, these all come into play when, when, when consuming alcoholic units. So I don't mean to get too, you know, into it, but it's obviously something I care about. Um, We we've created, um, a plea to government, a white paper, you know, we, we'd really like to jazz up uh, and I suppose shine a light and modernize the way people think about this, um, because I'm not convinced that anybody knows what a unit of alcohol is.
1: Mm. Now, you say it means so much to different people, isn't it? We've all got different tolerances. Yeah. Just like our tolerance to caffeine is so different. Um, and, and it takes so much from us, doesn't it? The stats are staggering. I think we lose 252 hours a year to hangovers um, and an estimated 56 million sick days will be taken over the next year by employees okay. calling in unwell. It's, I it's think staggering. That,
0: uh, that's assuming that people are telling the truth when asked about these things. So mm. you, can, you can almost assume that those figures would be doubled, in my opinion, yeah. because... Yeah. You know, if, if somebody asked me on the street, you know, back in the day when I was drinking heavily, how many units of alcohol do you consume a week, you know, you'd probably give half. If yeah. if you were if you're slightly embarrassed about, you know, how much you drink, or if you don't know, you know, I don't think I, I I could I even when I was drinking heavily, I could not I could not tell you how many units of alcohol I was drinking a week. I wouldn't have a clue. So that's why I think it's just unhelpful uh, to, to, to to have that as as the NHS's kind of leading stance on it. Well, this many units means that means this, you know. I think most people would be shocked to find out what 14 units of alcohol looked like. You know, if you poured that out on a table in wine glasses, you'd have quite a few people saying, God, I drink a lot more than that every week. And that's, that's, for me, it's not necessarily the alcohol consumption that's the issue. It's the messaging around what people should be doing. Because people don't like being told what to do when it comes to drinking. If if people drink and you say, oh, I think you've had enough it's really insulting you know so yeah, yeah. Uh, i think what we're looking to do well certainly individually but also as a business is just to champion that idea that there is choice now in the market you know if you feel like a gin and tonic you can have one and it doesn't need to have the high levels of alcohol that you're used to you know you can have that taste sensation it will actually take the edge off your day as well we we ran some incredible research um, that suggested that drinking a clean gin and tonic was in fact more pleasurable to your brain than drinking a Gordon's and tonic uh, with alcohol. Um, And I guess that's probably what you're looking for, right? That is the pleasure of of drinking something and and that feeling of enjoying the drink that you're drinking. Surely like you're not necessarily drinking a gin and tonic to get drunk. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you are, but you know, you know, I, I would suggest that you're drinking it probably more for the occasionality of it and the the spectacle of it. And you know, the the feeling that it brings to you when the sun's shining to have a nice cold gin and tonic, it makes you feel relaxed and and it makes you feel alive, I guess, but I think we can do that without the alcohol.
1: Mm, And like you say, so much of it is about like the comfort that it offers, you know, a kind of that companion to you after, you know, the long slog putting the kids to bed or whatever your tense situation is. And, you know, the tonic, it's it's in both drinks, the garnish, yeah. the glass it's served in, they're all familiar things that trick your brain yeah. into thinking, okay, here we go. I'm anticipating this reward. And hey, it actually tastes as good as I thought it would because it's yeah. very pure and very tasty.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That's, that's kind of what we're, what we're looking to do. And of course, you know, it's not like when veganism came around, everyone said, right, you have to be vegan. You know, mm. and it and it took a little while for it to become mainstream because it took a while for the products to catch up to the desirability uh, that you're used to when you bite into a cheeseburger. You know, if if you're somebody who eats meat and you love a cheeseburger, having corn or a nut roast or or, or, or a, a veggie burger does not do the same thing as having a delicious cheeseburger that you've been looking forward to all day. You know, um, so the fact mm. that Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger were able to create something that you know, not necessarily tricks your mind, but you know that it's a healthier alternative that actually does the trick when it comes to to the, the consumer feeling of eating it. Um, that's kind of what we're trying to do, but also just give people choice, you know? So so maybe you want to intersperse clean drinks with your alcoholic drinks. You know, you can have, if you have a clean gin and tonic between your gin and tonics, you can stay out for the exact same amount of time, having the exact same experience, consuming half the alcohol, you know? Mm. so So I think that's, Kind of where we're we're just looking to to offer people choice. I mean, I drink Heineken Zero. I think it's delicious. It's exactly the same. Like for me, and and I'm not just saying this. Back in back, take now as an example. Even now, when I don't drink at all, really, you know, I might have a very occasional drink of something, but but it's you know, call it three, four drinks a year, maybe, and it would have to be some kind of really special occasion. And even then I wouldn't really see the point anymore, you know, but you might get roped into, you know, having a drink every so often, but it's, it's really, it's really not part of who I want to be. Uh, because for me, I prefer the, the the total abstinence piece, but but anyway, it's some, you know, I'm not anti-alcohol as I said, but the, the Heineken Zero for me literally does the exact same thing as drinking a beer. So like, it would have required in the, the bottle format, it would have required me to have m- many beers to, to properly be on my way. So what's the point really, you know, like, so, so for me having a few Heineken zeros on a, on a nice day in a barbecue does the same thing to me, that the beer would, mm. it gives me that sensation of relaxing.
1: But I don't think the industry, the the no low categories got the, the red wine alternative down yet. That's the only no. thing that, yeah.
0: What, wine's why, why, why a tricky one. Um, you know, there's so many kind of connoisseurs nowadays, isn't there? Exactly. But that, that, that's even drifted into kind of gin and tonic era. You know, like like gin and tonic now. People people have a view, and it's great. I think I think you know having having taste profiles that are above and beyond um, what might be perceived to be ordinary back in the day is fantastic, right? Because it allows quality of product to really shine through. Like nowadays, if you have a gin and tonic, it's very different. If you have a gin and tonic, well, firstly the gin's different. You know, and then, you know, Schweppes or Fever Tree. you know, there, there, there's so many choices when it comes to your tonic. Ordinarily, you'd walk into a pub back in the day and you'd ask for a gin and tonic, you'd just be served to gin and tonic. Whereas now, you know, there's so, it's a real ritual and a real experience to be given the drink that you want to drink. And that's why it's so fun to play um, in, in the kind of taste profile market that we're playing in now
1: absolutely so getting to uh oxytocin which is all about relationships and bonding um let's look about look at the nation's relationship with alcohol because when we're young or certainly the generation i was brought up in it was kind of cool to drink a lot like binge drinking was the norm um there was kind of a stigma associated with not drinking um i know i remember going to 21st when i was quite young you know 20 and someone looked rolled their eyes when i said i was the designated driver it was like a really like not cool thing whereas now that is changing as we've touched. On. But but yeah, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it was glorified so much?
0: It's just a societal shift. It, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I, I think there are more young billionaires now than ever before. I, I think, you know, a lot of things that will have seemed unachievable when we were growing up, I think, you know, we might be similar age, you're probably younger than me. Uh, uh, but, but, but like, I, I feel that a lot of that was, was almost unachievable. And now uh, the world seems a far more accessible place. A lot of people want to work for themselves at a much younger age. Um, almost everyone, you know, you know, so many people now run their own business and, and want to lead people. Um, and I think it was just far more normal to, you know, get a certain kind of job before. And and I think it's very difficult, from my own experience, uh, to run and operate a business uh, if if you do have a kind of healthy It's a so healthy relationship with alcohol but in the other sense. Like if you do drink regularly, I know I wouldn't be able to run. If I, if I had the relationship i had with alcohol before so i guess you know being inc- you know busy proactive and productive and, and and binge drinking do not go hand in hand it's very rare that you'll see someone who's you know incredibly busy and successful and happy with life who also chooses to binge drink you know several times a week that, that's the, the you know a lot of the people that i admire and look up to happen to be sober. And I, I realized that once I had become sober, that, that a lot of the kind of figures that I, um, you know, seek uh, advice from, not from on a personal aspect, not from them personally, but you know, who I look up to, I suppose, are, are sober. And I think once you've tried it, it's a, it's a really exciting and interesting door to unlock. You know, if, if, if you're listening to this and you, you do drink, you know, regularly, even not to excess, and, and you and you just give it a go, even for like a couple of weeks. Just don't touch any alcohol for two weeks. Um, I guarantee you will feel different, and it might just give you that kind of urge to continue. I know loads of people who drink, who drink, you know, quite a lot, who have, have since stopped, and it's like it, it's a kind of unbelievable sensation that you can access a lot more, you know, in, in life uh, without it than with. But I don't know, you know, the younger generation, as I said before, is that they're, they're, they're under the microscope more, you know, all of their friends see everything, you know, like I, I choose not to have, I, I don't have Instagram on my phone because otherwise literally everybody's day is literally thrust in your face. Like I know what all my friends are having for lunch. I know where they are at all times. It's too much information. So like, I guess if you're drinking, um, say you have a couple of glass of wine on a daily basis and it's online you may, you know, have a preconceived opinion of someone that they drink too much and that's unhelpful. So people, I guess, shy away from that.
1: Mm, and i guess the the anxiety the fear of missing out all of that plays into it too if you're kind of drinking regularly it can affect how how you see the world too in a negative way perhaps but like you said it's changing at a university level too a lot of these students are especially during the pandemic a lot of them were forced to go home and work at their parents house and actually take up some jobs to supplement you know their day because they weren't going to lectures and interacting with students in the same way so they've almost been forced to grow up a bit early haven't they
0: yeah, well, I think the pandemic was a, a really interesting time for everyone. Obviously, every, everyone—well, not everyone, but a large portion of people—when faced with adversity, hit hit the bottle quite early on uh, in the first pandemic. God, it feels like ages ago now, doesn't it? Mm, um, yeah. so that's, that's when we just started the business. Uh, I think we we launched in the middle of November, and obviously, the first wave was was the beginning of, of the following year uh, in twenty twenty, and and it, it and it. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of people turned to alcohol alcohol sales were up 67% i believe uh, in in kind of local stores and retailers uh, and then it and then came a kind of realization and an almost crash in this level of drinking at home isn't sustainable and you know it's going to it's going to have uh, impacts on my health and mental health and well-being uh, and that's kind of when our business was just getting off the ground with, oh, well, you know, if you fancy a gin and tonic without the alcohol, then try this. And actually, you know, I'd never, I'd never wish a a pandemic again on anyone, but for us it was a really interesting time to grow because everyone was forced into understanding their relationship with alcohol. Um, You know, whether that be, I don't drink enough or, (laughs) or I drink too much. And, uh, and I think, you know, that, that kind of, five six o'clock glass of wine was creeping into you know more like two one o'clock and possibly for some even earlier and, and you know it, it's it's very hard to sustain that that kind of level of activity uh, around alcohol so I, th- I think you know even if you didn't or, or had never recognized like me to some degree before that you drank too much because you're always out and about. I was with clients or I was with work colleagues or I was with, you know, people I was filming with or whatever, and we would just have a, a beer with lunch and it would just seem like nothing. Um, when you're doing that at home, it's different. Feels different. Mm.
1: So I think, And, and uh, yeah. yeah. And since becoming a parent as well, sorry, that must've played quite a big role in, in, in kind of your attitude towards alcohol, I know myself. I've got two quite small kids, and even though it's a very a temptation to have a drink to take the edge off to get through that that last part of the day when you need to get them to bed, actually it takes all your energy from you, and you feel shit the next day. You don't sleep as well, and you're kind of already working. You know, you don't have enough sleep anyway, so you're just kind of making the whole thing worse.
0: How old are your kids?
1: I've well. I've two and eight months so up until wow. recently they were two under two but i can't say well, that anymore
0: <laughs> quite similar to us then so our, our, we've yeah. got a two-year-old who turns three in, in september and and a, and a little girl who's just turned one so uh-huh. yeah no so I, I know how you feel um yeah i i went sober six months before theodore was born the first one um so yeah so, so it has been it's been three years with as i said you know interspersed with you know the very irregular drink but actually i always find myself even on you know the, in those special occasions i find myself thinking there's really no point to this that's just my mm-hmm. personal opinion and, and I, I always end up kind of going completely you know clean and sober again because it's, it's my it's where i prefer to be
1: here at dose we are dedicated to finding hacks to transform your mood whether that be a natural energy boost or something to help you find your inner calm amongst the chaos. That's why we created our Mood Mist, harnessing the neuroscience of scent to create a modern aromatherapy range to change how we feel. Ready to bliss out? Why not try Smells Like Yoga for a sense of instant calm, perfect for getting you in the zen zone before a yoga class or simply to unwind on an evening. Made using soothing essential oils like lavender and lang lang, this spray reduces stress and boosts libido when you need to make time for rest and relaxation. Or if you're searching for a pre-workout boost, Hit Me Up is the ultimate gym bag companion, guaranteed to get you rearing to go. Uplifting scents of orange, lemon, lime, eucalyptus and bergamot will fire you up for class or focus your mind and banish brain fog. Simply spritz around you and inhale for an instant lift. Dose Mood Mists are the wellness weapon you need and are available at shop.whateveryourdose.com. So let's move on to sleep then, which is very associated with serotonin um, and our mood, our mood stabilising hormone. So alcohol and sleep don't go hand in hand, do they? You often feel very groggy and not yourself the next day. And it's also a lot to do with the sugar in a lot of spirits and beer that we drink. So let's talk a little bit about how your sleep has changed since you've become sober.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to be this guy that comes on and just champions sobriety like nobody's business. But of course, I sleep better, and you know, I'm, I'm able to do everything better. You know, it's it's like it's kind of like you know the Clark Kent Superman thing. You know, you, you, it's, it's different, different vibe, completely different person. I'm quite fortunate, obviously, to be married to uh, my best friend and the love of my life. She's she's amazing. She she barely drinks. If anything, she'll binge drink, but very rarely um and so you know it's not like there's just wine kicking around like you know on, on a regular basis and it's not like my arm ever feels like it could be twisted because actually our house is largely alcohol free you know the majority of the year um and and yeah i mean i'm very happy about that we we like the same things we love spending time together so you know for me it's a really easy easy decision my sleep is it's never been it's never been awful and actually I, even back in the height of my boozy days i i would kind of very rarely feel hungover like i was quite lucky well it probably contributed to to the drinking but i, I felt like i would get away with it quite a lot um and, and which is unhelpful obviously but you know it, it doesn't compare at all to the kind of sleeps i get now you know providing the children uh, are not awake for the majority of the night i can kind of you know fall asleep pretty easily and. Obviously, my work day is, is, is is pretty full. Uh, thankfully, which I much prefer to being the other way. Uh, so come come the evening. I mean, we're we're in bed quite often. We're we're very lame. We're, we're middle-aged, incredibly lame mm-hmm. couple who are in bed. You know, asleep by nine, I'd say. <laughs> or well, like, like... Not, we've been, we've been in bed. We're we're in bed at eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like pretty much. Yeah, unless we're going out for dinner or whatever, which is very rare as well. Uh, and and uh, yeah, it was you know we we just watch something on TV and, and one app and and lights out. You know, I'm afraid there's not much more to it.
1: No, I'm totally with you. It's it's what it's all about in your thirties for sure. But yeah. it's interesting with sleep because you, when you drink, you spend less time in that REM stage. Which even yeah. though you feel like you said you were a good sleeper, you probably hit the pillow and you woke up not feeling too bad. Like you you probably weren't dreaming or going into that state where you actually process emotional issues and like life events and and the real serious stuff. And that's when I guess anxiety and and, and those negative uh, thoughts can creep in. So yeah. it's just I guess interesting for people to know that.
0: Do you have um, one of these?
1: I, you know, I'm awful. I've got an Apple watch. Um, and I did the Fitbit thing for a while. That was a real wake up. But I, of course, was, you know, when you're feeding throughout the night, it was constantly telling me you're getting four hours, you're getting five hours. And it made me feel, I got that orthosomnia thing where I actually got anxiety, I got anxiety about the fitness tracking, the tracking elements. But then I read, um, Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep book. And he was saying how, like, even though you're not sleeping as much because you're tending to your your kids in the night that kind of offsets it like the bonding kicks in and there's there's a reason why you're getting up and feeding in the night you know there's a reason why you're not sleeping as much so it made me feel a bit better about that but um but they they are great things yeah i've got so
0: this is a whoop and it tracks your rem and and all that stuff Ah. i find it quite interesting but like to be honest i know if i've had a good night's sleep or not obviously um so so yeah yeah, my wife is um pretty into it it's like the first you'll wake up and literally like checks everything and yeah. like, she 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 has uh I, 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 I don't love the term suffers from anxiety. She she has I like to think she's she's not suffering uh, but she she has she has anxiety um from time to time and I'm not sure the whoop is great for that either because yeah. like because it it does make you kind of question like when you're falling asleep and how you're falling asleep and whether or not the sleep's any good. It's like it is just sleep, you know.
1: Yeah. I know. And like, if you're anything like me, I mean, having two little ones, I mean, they don't sleep through the night always, do they? There's, there's some right. days when you don't really don't sleep a lot at all, especially when they have these little regressions and things. So that can certainly, yeah, make you feel a little rubbish. But um, there's an interesting term that's that's kind of flying around a lot more these days, hang yeah. It's kind of, I guess it's like hangover meets anxiety. I uh, guess. It's like beer fear, beer fear, I guess. It's a similar, similar term. I suppose but, um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, did you ever get that back in the day when you, when you were drinking more regularly, did you get that kind of anxiety and that negative thinking or like, or oh, about your friends or about your, you know, things in your life that, you know, did you spiral into that hole at all?
0: Um, no, I can't say I did actually. I, I never, I've never felt what is described to me as anxiety, uh, before. Obviously sometimes I hit speed bumps in the road with my business and, uh, I guess that's stressful. I mean, I, I, I quite like problem solving and, and figuring out, you know, ways, uh, to, to grow faster and, and improve things. Um, a smooth ride in business and in life. Well, I suppose in life, that's what you're after a smooth ride in business can be a bit boring, Like even if the business is doing very well. So, you know, if, if stuff, if stuff does arise that's really problematic, um i feel very engaged and and you know i i kind of yeah maybe i'll go to bed pondering and and i won't sleep as well and i might even fire off an email at three in the morning because i've woken up and i can't think about anything else so i get on with it but i just see that as excitement in life you know i'm not I, i don't i i'm not i'm not an anxious person sorry to beat around the bush i'm not an anxious person uh and i don't i don't ever feel um stress i suppose in the way that some people do. I, 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 kind of, I kind of welcome challenges and I enjoy uh, handling them. Um, mm. But no, I, like, and I don't think, that for me, I, I'm aware obviously that drinking to excess does increase anxiety, um, but no, I never suffered from anxiety.
1: Mm. and so aside from fitness which we'll get to but are there any other activities that like help slow you down if you're feeling a bit frazzled or you know because even with business as, as much as it can be stimulating exciting you need to kind of flip into that parasympathetic system now and again don't you to just offset that that stress and um and wind down so like yoga meditation anything like that that you're into i know
0: i know some people well some of my business partners just can't switch off you know they're just firing on all cylinders all of the time and, you know, you call them at 2.30 in the morning, they'll, hello, uh, pick up straight, you know, you know, they're awake, you know, like all the time. Uh, and, and it's kind of it's kind of exhausting, if I'm honest, um, but in a good way, I guess. Um, I'm able to switch off, no problem. You know, unless of course we're in a war room, you know, crisis lockdown, you know, and we, and we have to handle something, um, which was the case a couple of days ago, actually. But But yeah, I think if you don't deal with things in a cool manner, with a, with, a, with a cool head, you know, that's screwed on to firm shoulders, it, it's gonna go wrong, right? Like you have to just handle things in, in, in a way that is professional and and, and driven. But I don't mean to sound like kind of super dad, that I love spending time with my kids. I spend time with my kids every day. Uh, I'll watch at least an episode of something every night, you know, just take my mind off, off, off the day or whatever. Uh, I spend time with my wife literally every evening. Uh, <laughs> As I said, we're, we're quite boring. Um, do a bit of cooking obviously from time to time, but you know, my, my wife probably does more of that than, than I do. Um, I, I, I don't find it hard to flick into from work modes into, into into kind of home family mode. Um, so I'm probably quite lucky in that regard. Um, I, I find, um, yeah, all, all of that relatively, thankfully, you know, straightforward um i obviously i train quite a lot you know i do jiu-jitsu which which i love if you've never done jiu by the way get to your nearest dojo it's it's fantastic so it's a martial art it's like wrestling but you wear the you wear you wear the kimono and, and a belt and and it's it's kind of like chess but for martial arts so mm. like Often the smarter fighter will, will will win the round. It's not about like, of course, it's a little bit about power and stuff, but it's not about striking. You don't hurt each other. It, it's 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 really great, and that that makes you feel really alive. You know, if you can get yourself into a class at six or seven in the morning, you know, your whole day will, your endorphins will be firing all day, and it, it's really great. I, I love jujitsu. I lift weights. I run quite a lot. Uh, I've got I've got a. Um, I've got the Marathon des Saab coming up later this year, which is six marathons across the Sahara. Self-sufficient race, uh, 55 degrees during the day, zero degrees at night. Uh, so I have that to look forward to. Uh, but, you know, I, I like setting myself kind of goals and challenges. Um, and, and I'll tell you one thing, even if I drank to moderation regularly, I wouldn't be able to do half the things that I kind of really want to do. I spend most of the year completely sober, but um, but I really enjoy setting myself kind of, the, the, these these walls climb. I'm particularly looking forward to the marathon des Actually, I, I think that would be an opportunity to be kind of you'll feel almost alone in the desert. I'm doing it with my my business partner, but um, you know we ran 100k the other day, and, and and you don't talk to each other much towards the end. <laughs> so, so I can imagine that I can imagine that that whole week is going to be somewhat like the end of the the 100k. Um, but I just think it's, uh, it's, it's healthy for me to, to challenge myself like that. And I, I really enjoy doing it, actually.
1: Yeah, and pushing yourself to the limit, it kind of makes us feel human, doesn't it? Do you do much intermittent fasting or anything like that as well? Have you ever tried uh, that before?
0: No, no, I have, I have done bits and pieces. You know, I, I don't wake up and immediately have like a huge breakfast. I'll, I'll often wait until I'm quite hungry to eat. Um, mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm trying to lose 10 kilos. To get race ready for this marathon to sub thing, and um, yeah, it's it's a little harder than I thought it would be. Like the weight's not quite like I, I feel like in, in okay shape anyway. So to lose the ten kilos, I have to I have to lose like muscle that I've put on. And I, I just yeah, it, it's, it's it's harder than I thought it would be. So I'm in a calorie deficit, but I'm also running loads. So I'm often knackered. And like you wake up and weigh yourself, and it's like oh, I'm the same weight as yesterday. Great. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm invested in this company called Munchfit, which is fantastic in that they'll, they pre- pre- prepare these delicious meals and they so they basically send a box to you for the whole week. Um, and and if you just eat the boxes, it's all sorted for you. So that, it makes it a bit easier than cracking open the fridge and seeing countless cubes of dairy milk. Those delicious, but yeah, we've got like this kind of, it's like a wad of like whole nut that's just staring at me every time I open the fridge and it's so delicious. And you think to yourself, it's like drinking. You think to yourself, oh, I'll just have have a cube. And then you end up having a finger and then it's, (laughs) yeah. So now I think I, I, I like to indulge in stuff, whether that be training or dairy milk.
1: I can tell. You're a creature of extremes. I mean, Marathon de Sable, I I know it well. A former colleague of mine in a previous company I worked at did it and it, it looked brutal. But like you said, I mean, he was on cloud nine when he finished that. It was like the biggest achievement of his life. He never felt more human and more alive. I think that's a really big thing that's happening. People want to feel more alive, don't they? Because we've been trapped by this pandemic. They want to go out and get into nature and get back to what it's all meant to be about rather than staring at our computer screens and uh, you know, staying in our four walls.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a huge part of life. Experience, pushing, pushing yourself to a limit and then possibly breaking through that limit and pushing yourself further and further is not in everyone and neither should it be, but, but in my opinion, it's, it's a really valuable thing to, 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 to try. You know, like achieving things that you never thought you could incredibly healthy and it will make you feel great about yourself
1: yeah awesome well I think that's a, a great way to end the podcast Spencer thank you so much for your time I've really enjoyed chatting to you today and just for the benefit of our listeners can you let us know again about the white paper that you are campaigning for at the moment
0: we're going to try and help 10 million Brits um change their change their drinking habits through positive and clear moderation messages
1: amazing and the clean coat is, is available to buy online
0: it's available at clean.co, uh, the world's greatest website, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. and, uh, and and you can buy all SKUs there. It's also available in, in Sainsbury's uh, and Morrison's. And we're launching into another large retailer soon, but I can't say which, but it, okay. I think you may have heard of it.
1: Okay, cool. Stay tuned. Well, thank you very much for your time and uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Thank you so much. Very great to talk to you
1: if you have any questions about today's podcast please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com